You're listening to episode 84 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, we chat about three ways to boost your product sales. This is the audio from a video we had done for a collaboration a while back, but we wanted to replay it because it's three things that we're always teaching over and over. In fact, this is one of the big questions we tackle in our masterminds is, how do I grow my product sales and my visibility? And speaking of our masterminds, you should get on the waiting list. You can get notified of when it opens and the link is in the show notes. So let's get started. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Snyder with Mina Kunlo CTEP, and we are the co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about three ways to boost your product growth and sales. So again, thank you. So you ready to dig in? Yep. All right. Uh, let's just, just start right at the beginning. So let's say you're in a startup and you have a product. So the first way that you should try to get more sales look at their line and really see what their most popular product is. So their bestseller and then make variations of that. So that is the product that you know, that's the, you know, the bestseller, the one that your customers love, that they resonate with, that they follow you for. And that's really starting with that point. Yeah. So we were just at a trade show and we saw a lot of candle companies, for example, or a lot of sort of like apothecary type kits. And we saw how everybody had been doing it. And there was one girl in a booth and it was a very quiet booth. And then there was another girl in a booth and she was just selling to everyone. She said like anthropology came by. She was, she was going to sell these huge retailers. And here's the difference. The woman that was selling to the huge retailers had started with one kit. So one, um, special kit with a name and sold out of it. As soon as she sold out of that, which was her bestseller, she did another kit. So then she sold out of that one and she just kept creating variations of something that was selling really well. And she didn't expand into a lot of different types of product categories. The other woman with her business she hadn't really been selling for a very long time. And she initially out the gate came out with maybe 24 different variations of a candle. Great, really cute, but there was nothing, there was no sort of proof, uh, proof of concept, proof of an actual product doing really well. So if this one scent did really well, creating a variation of that scent versus coming out with 24 of them and not really knowing what was the best option. So, um, saying that, and then Mina with your little labels, you also have stuck to just very few types of designs, but you've come up with several variations. Yeah. My number one seller is animal friends, baby bottle labels. And then I have that in a daycare pack. I have that in a mega pack. I have that in a school pack. You know, it's, I know it doesn't sound fancy and fun and glamorous to have all these, you know, variations of this one thing, but you already know that it sells. So you're pulling from the data that you are 
uh, gathering from those initial sales. And you know that people love it and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. Is that what the saying is? And so, so you just build on that. So the candle company really could, she knows what one cent is and then she could actually have made it into a kit or she could have made a sister one where it's like the Christmas version of it. Um, you're able to really know what sells and then you sell a ton of those things. And then that way you're not spread so thin and having to remove a lot of inventory that isn't selling and in investing in a lot that, you know, you aren't sure is going to do well. Yeah. And so some things, you know, in apparel, maybe you're not able to do a pack of, you know, most of the time people buy an individual shirt um, versus a three pack of shirts. And if you do that, it usually has a different, you <laughs> know, you, you buy like five packs of leggings <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> or if I find a shirt I love, I'll buy multiples, but that's how I buy. Um, so, but exactly what you're saying. So if you could turn something uh, smaller versions. You have like the regular candle you're burning and maybe there's a travel candle and maybe there's a lip balm or whatever the products you're doing, but the variation should come from your best sellers first, not the variations for all of your items. So if you started out with 24 candles, but you see that three cents are doing really well, that's where your variation should be. That way, if someone's a fan of the candle and they're like, oh my goodness, I love that marshmallow smell. And now there's a lip balm and I'd love that. Then they'll, they'll buy that. And that's how you can get your variations. So I think in quantities and packs and also variations of your best selling items in other versions of them. And that brings us into our next, in our next uh, point, which is platforms. So the platforms to reach out to. And before we jump into the types of platforms and what you can do there, I'd like to say too, that if you have a best selling item and you've got variations of that item, when you're reaching out to a stretch goal, like let's say there's a huge retailer that you want to get into, it's really effective to go to them and say, this skew, this item, or this group of you know, sense. Let's just go back to the candle idea. This is my best seller. You want to sell people what your best seller is so that they have a really high turnover and you have data behind that. So if you've got that, then it's only going to enforce why they should work with you versus, you know, letting them sort of select out of what they think, but you're the one with the true data. So platforms, Mina, where should we start with that? So the thing with platforms is that a lot of times people will have their own website, but there's no traffic. It's so hard to find traffic, right? You're, I forget what you say, but it's like you're in this sea of... I say it's a star in the universe. So (laughs) you're looking at the sky and you're trying to point out that one star, but how are they going to define your star from another? Right. So we usually say to start on platforms that have existing traffic. So this is why people can become really successful in doing just Etsy or doing um, Groupon or Zulily or for myself, it's Amazon. Amazon brings in a huge amount of traffic for me. And then once you do well on that one platform, then you start moving to another platform. You can try out more platforms than one as you're starting out, but just you're doing with the intention of seeing where your product best sells. So that could be that you're aligning with that particular audience or that you are tapping into something that the traffic really likes your product. And sometimes it's, it's not what you think. Like, you know, if you're selling on Jane, which is a flash deal site, they have mostly moms and you may think that your product will sell really well, but then it doesn't because people wanted to get it to receive it faster, let's say. So just testing things out and then knowing what platform works for you. 
And so, you know, speaking of flash sale sites, not everyone's as familiar with them. Oftentimes, Zulily, a lot of people know about because it tends to go towards moms and kids. There's, you know, for fashion, there's things like Hot Look and Guilt Group. There's there's tons of sites. I mean, um, there's even sites like Wayfair or Overstock.com. Those aren't the flash deal, but there there are other types of sites where you'll see ads right now where Overstock's like, we're more than just Overstock. Like we buy, you know, they're letting people know they actually buy into product. So when you're when you're picking these platforms. And like Mina said, sometimes people don't want to discount their items. So let's say a Jane.com, Azulia, you're often offering a significant discount to them. It's a three-day flash sale. It's kind of like a sample sale. Buy it now, get it 50% off of retail, and you'll get it. Sometimes people don't want to give a discount. But the reason why it's important is if you want to just think about a marketing budget, and if you ever come up with a marketing budget, it's sort of like that. You're still getting paid to get your product or your item in front of lots of people and you're getting it in front of their mailing list. And so you might be discounting it to them, but they're going to start to know about you. They're going to get, they're going to get it delivered to their house. And then they're going to become hopefully a fan of your business and then find you on the web and hopefully through your site. If that's the way, if they're going to uh, stay in touch with you. Yeah. And this is something great to see what your bestseller is on a particular platform. So when you go to a really big platform, you can say my bestseller is this design on this particular platform, but it's actually this on this other platform. So you know which ones are effectively selling. You're an expert on your own product. So people with bigger platforms really want to bring you on because they know that you'll be able to sell and you'll be able to know what resonates with your audience too. So it's a way of getting into those bigger platforms because, because you have proven sales in those smaller platforms. Oftentimes people will even do Kickstarter campaigns or Indiegogo campaigns. So they'll do sort of crowdfunding uh, launches. Now there's money that goes into it in terms of a video and really setting up the platform. But I've talked to people that are okay with not actually getting the full funding. They might ask for like a quite a high stretch goal because again, it's that sort of idea of being in front of other eyes, the marketing aspect of it. So um, I think it's a good idea to try and get in front of different platforms and then test what works for your business in particular. So I have a client right now, her best, her best performer is Zulily. She sells kids' clothes, Zulily. Then she has Amazon sellers. So she's not selling directly on Amazon. She has people selling her product on Amazon. And then it drops down to her boutique business. So she's got three tiers and she knows where to focus it. And funny enough, some of the discount stuff at the top is what's uh, moving her business forward. So that moves us into the cross-promotion. So this is, in the service-based world, what we call an upsell. So a lot of times it's like the upsell or the cross-promotion to other products. So this could be a downsell as well. So for me, let's say I have a baby bottle label, and then I cross-promote to my clothing label because it is a you know, sister products, like it's being used by my same customer. Or I can say, hey, we actually have this other design. Would you like that in addition? Or since you're buying two here, would you like to buy a six pack of these? So it's really increasing your average sale and making it happen in that time when they're just going to buy and they're ready to click. So there's lots of software out there especially with Shopify, that you can have a built-in upsell and it's super easy and they can say yes or no. You'll see that sometimes if you sign up for like an e-course or something where they'll do this. But then also for, you know, $9.99, add on this part. And then for $7.99 and meanwhile, you 
you've now spent hundreds of dollars more than you were hoping to spend. Um, so you'll also see that on Amazon, for example, on the Amazon platform where it says customers usually buy this, buy this plus this plus this for X amount of dollars and you can get the whole sort of package. Um, so knowing what works for the client. So when I had cuffs couture, I did headbands and cuffs and I had little groupings of them as well. So, you know, that's the variations in a way, but this is also like, here's your kit. It's simplifying for them. Yeah. And this is a really effective way to send out an email to your customer base too. So a lot of times you'll see, I get this all the time with that leggings one that Kate Hudson does. I can't remember what her box is, but she's always like, Athletics. Yeah, Fabletics. And she'll be like, I picked out these leggings for you. And I click on it every time I'm like, Kate Hudson picked out some leggings for me. <laughs> You're like, thanks, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it's, you know, she's promoting what she thinks that I should buy because I've already bought a certain thing. This is especially effective in your busy season because those people are already buying. So you're not trying to get them to buy in like, so my busy month is August. So I try to get people to buy more in those busy months and cross promoting my products in those times because people are looking for my type of product and not so much in February when they're not thinking about it. So I just don't have that pressure on myself to be constantly busy. I'm just trying to increase my average sale while I'm busy because I know that it's easier to sell. And, you know, and speaking of that too, in terms of cross promoting or cross promotion, if you just want to think about that in itself, it's also finding people who align with your brand. So potentially that you can find some brand reps or you can find, um, you know, bloggers, people that you can cross promote with, and then you can actually end up, you can also do this in terms of what, um, audiences that you're getting in front of through people without align with your brand. So it's sort of layering and adding to the products. It's getting out in front of them when they should be. We were talking about this yesterday. You're not going to sell Christmas ornaments typically, you know, in February because people are over Christmas at that point. Um, and how are you pushing them then? And so Mina had brought up a point, for example, Christmas in July, it's this new thing. So at some point you could try and sell ornaments in July with some sort of push. Again, we're not sure if people are actually buying ornaments in July for Christmas, <laughs> but, um, but just, you know, getting in front of more people, all of this is about more variations of bestsellers, um, more platforms that you're on that align that in front of new audiences and also that cross promotion. So again, getting in front of other people's audiences and viewers, and also for your products, like aligning multiple products together. So for example, I've actually purchased the little labels kit on Amazon that has the, the, the labels for your baby bottles and the labels for your clothes. And I had added on like a fabric marker because Amazon said, you want to add this on as well. And so I got everything that I needed. Yeah. And it's really simple. I mean, you can get so overwhelmed when you come out with, let's say 24. She actually had 24 of tins and 24 of hand poured in the glass. And so you're so overwhelmed and you can't receive the data properly because there's so much confusion. So instead of trying to build 24 different items, 24 times two, I guess it would be, you're only focusing on certain things that you know that you're testing in that time period. And it makes it so much easier and makes it so much more fun too. Entrepreneurialism is really hard. And with a product-based business, you even have that extra element of the struggle of inventory. And this is just three ways that you can boost your sales and really add to your bottom line in very simple ways um, at any stage of your business. 
And we want you to keep it simple, our friends, like just keep it simple. So there, you usually want to do everything all at once. Work slowly because I like to say it's like a snowball. It's small and it'll roll bigger and bigger and bigger. We don't want you to overwhelm yourself. We don't want you to spend all of your money on a ton of product, um, all of your time trying to get on every platform or on like every social media site. Do it well and keep it simple and you'll see it grow over time. Yep. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks, everybody. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.